Welcome to another episode brought to you by Ascend Canada, an organization with a vision to have a diverse and inclusive Canada where Pan-Asian talent can achieve their full potential. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Harita Murthy, and today's episode is going to focus on something that has changed all our lives. Yep, the buzzword, COVID-19. But hang on tight. We are going to explore it through the lens of a leader who has been serving the front lines since the drop of the pandemic. Angie Kim is a finance lead for Loblaw Companies Limited. She went to school at U of T. Uh, she has had various roles in sales operations and category management uh, in her career. Um, Angie is of South Korean descent, but wow, she has lived in a lot of countries, including Australia, New Zealand, Malaysia, Singapore, and now she lives in Canada since 2001. Uh, well, Angie, as uh, you would see on her LinkedIn profile is very committed to engagement and empowering people. And she sits on various committees for DNI, LGBTQ plus, um, and just promoting a great corporate culture within Loblaw. So as I mentioned earlier, um, Angie has been on the front lines volunteering to serve uh, our communities. And uh, in fact, you can find her at Matt Snowfrills in downtown uh, from Monday to Saturday during the week. Um, she's also been featured on Forbes and National Post in recognition of her servant leadership uh, through these tough times. I am so excited to have Angie on our call today. Angie, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I, um, you know, it's crazy how I came across your post randomly on LinkedIn. I decided to follow you. I was so inspired just to see how, you know, a senior finance director at Loblaw is now working on the front lines. Uh, it just got me so, so, so inspired. I'm so happy that you decided to accept my LinkedIn invite and decided to join us today. Um, so let's get to it. Um, Loblaw has been on the forefront of COVID-19 since day one um, and similar companies, right? The ones that have been essential services. Uh, you've been helping communities uh, get their essential groceries, supplies, but it just came out of the blue. COVID-19 just hit all of us. How did the organization rise to the challenge? Yeah, I mean, that's what we do, right? Ensuring we're open and available so our communities can get what they need to feed and support their families. But you're right, these have been unprecedentedly difficult times, and I couldn't be more proud of so many ways Loblos as an organization stepped up over and above just, you know, being a grocery store. I've seen daily changes that was timely and meaningful in our front line. And as many changes we have made in the last three months, the execution was really seamless because ultimately everyone had only one goal. It wasn't about tracking the numbers on PL. It wasn't about, you know, pleasing the shareholders, but really about how can we keep our customers and colleagues safe and protected during these difficult times, right? How can we make sure our communities are being fed without the fear of catching the virus? Mm -hmm. And while we as an organization made these changes, I mean, I'd say the entire nation really rose to support each other too. Um, all the essential workers, not only the grocery front lines, um, but our healthcare workers, our customers, our community, everybody all rose to the challenge as well, you know, adjusting and abiding with all the changes and really helping keeping us feel safe and proud to be serving during these times as well. Yeah, you know, you hit the nail on the head where you said that 
everyone came together, the entire mm-hmm. nation and the entire world is coming together. You know, we're all seeing acts of kindness. We're seeing so much uh, togetherness because of this pandemic. Um, and thank you so much. You know, it's a huge shout out to Low Law and other essential service providers to uh, put their people and safety first, but at the same time, contributing to uh, community welfare and essential services. Uh, so a huge shout out there. Um, I you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to think you're a finance leader. And mm-hmm. now all of a sudden, you're saying that there was no focus put on margins on, you know, profits on sales, that must be a bit of a change from your day to day where you know, you're constantly looking at numbers. Um, so what were some of the strategies, you know, I'm trying to think, what were the strategies used to pivot and to accelerate and deliver without focusing on your bottom line? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we do have a dedicated team of leaders who were really put together as a COVID-19 SWAT team um, over and above <laughs> their existing duties. So, you know, we can deliver the best ways to help all of us get through this pandemic. But, you know, I, I really want to speak more from my experience and what I've seen. And mm-hmm. that is, you know, while plans and strategies are for sure important, I think we really led more with the intrinsic qualities like courage, care, and compassion we have for each other. Um, the last pandemic we had was what, H1N1 in 2009? Yeah. But, you know, the scale of the fear and impact we have to manage was really nothing compared to what we are having to go through now. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think anyone is pretending like they know everything they need to know to set a long-term plan and strategy. No, but, we're all like learning as we go, literally, exactly. even leaders, right? So yeah, it's, just, it's inspiring. And you're 100% right. We're for sure keeping our eyes and ears open so we can continue to listen um, and adapt to the changing needs from our colleagues and our customers. And I think this is what will allow us to continue to pivot, accelerate, and deliver with the changing times so we can support you the best um, and the safest way we can think about. That's fantastic. Uh, putting, uh, you know, putting others' needs before ours and able being able to pivot is so critical in like I think in today's um, workplace, because Mm -hmm. we're all working from home. There's just so much of unknown that we just need to be open to change. Uh, And speaking of change, you know, I'm sure it's a a huge change for you uh, having like worked from from a back office or, you know, uh, you know, an office space uh, to the front lines. So what made you decide (laughs) to join the front lines? I'm, I'm so impressed. (laughs) Thank you. Well, so, um, Uh, Back in March, actually, all the office colleagues received a note asking to volunteer in the front lines if you're able to. Um, And before this role, I've actually been a store manager. So I've I've always had a tremendous amount. Yeah. This is not the first time you're doing it then. (laughs) Well, exactly. But I'd love to tell you because it was kind of a double-edged sword. Um, You know, having been a store manager, I've always had a tremendous amount of respect and appreciation for everything our store teams have to go through. And, you know, I just felt like I was a prime candidate to volunteer. Um, (laughs) Generally healthy, too. I don't have any small children or members of the family who are immunocompromised. Mm -hmm. I mean... Of course, I was scared to volunteer myself to the front line because, you know, the fear of being exposed to the virus can only increase um, when you're in the front line, right? But I think at the same time, I also knew that I would regret it for the rest of my life if I didn't volunteer. I just wanted to make sure that I could look back on this time with pride, knowing that, you know, I was right along, serving right along with my hardworking frontline teams through some of these most difficult times. 
Wow. You know, that's, it takes a lot of courage uh, <laughs> to do that. And it takes a lot of empathy, right? To actually say that, you know mm-hmm. what, I'm going to do this because um, there's so many other people who are doing it, right? And uh, you've been there, you've done that. So you know what a store manager goes through. You had both sides of the lens. So it's amazing. And uh, I'm, I'm always so grateful when I enter the store, when I go to Longo's or Loblaw. And, you know, I see everyone's just it's BAU. It's business as usual for them. Nothing's mm-hmm. changed. They're putting that smile on their face. There's no, there's absolutely no change since the pandemic. Um, and I always, you know, leave the store with so much of gratitude in my heart to say that, oh, wow, these folks are just getting up in the morning, you know, getting out, exposing themselves, but, you know, all for the benefit of, you know, humanity. So that's amazing. Oh, wow. Well, thank you for recognizing that. That's really great. I, I wanted to I was curious, okay? So I, I wanted to see, like, you know, if you wanting to go on the front lines, did it have anything to do with, your, you know, your Pan-Asian culture or values and the background? Did that impact your decision-making process at all? Uh, you know, I never thought about it that way, right? I mean, <laughs> it, it's, it's... I guess you've reflective. lived in so many countries, you know, you're just like, ah, oh, you know, this is... I, well. No, but it's a really great question. I mean, is it reflected of my family values? Um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And my family, as I mentioned, is from South Korea. Um, so sure, maybe the pan-Asian culture did impact my decision-making process subconsciously. Um, but just on the values, whether it's you know family-driven or pan-Asian culture-driven, I do want to elaborate on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So when when I was a little my uh, when I was a little girl, uh, my my grandparents raised me um, because both my parents were finishing their PhD in Australia. Oh, wow. okay. <laughs> so and then my grandparents, you know, they are the generation that survived the Korean War, right? Right. So, so th- you were raised in Australia during this time with your grandparents? No. Were- so um, I I was in Australia, and then my parents like wanted to leave me with my grandparents in South Korea. So these are the times I lived in South Korea with my grandparents oh, for I a see. while. Okay. Okay. So yeah. you were in their home, you know, like in their exactly, city. exactly. And grandma's food's the best, right? <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. But, you know, so my grandparents, you know, they survived the Korean War. They left everything behind and built the family back up from really nothing. Yet my grandparents, even though they came from nothing, they are, I would honestly say, one of the most loving, generous, giving people that I know in my life. And one of the many values that they instilled in me is the notion of paying it forward, right? They always said that Mm -hmm. we're we're also blessed to be even alive and mm-hmm. have a roof over our head, not to have to worry about, you know, how are we going to put food on our table for our next meal? So my grandparents always said, when you find yourself in a position that you can spare, you mm-hmm. actually owe it to others to do some good. And, you know, essentially when the pandemic came and an opportunity to volunteer came, I, I found myself in a position where I was privileged to have so many options during these times to be so lucky enough to have a, have a job that was stable. So mm-hmm. I, I had to make the right decision, a, a difficult decision, but a right decision nonetheless to share my time and energy where it was really needed the most. You know, it. You're not the only one with that with that kind of a story. It's 
it's uh, I, I you maybe you, it didn't strike you that you know it's your Pan-Asian culture the family mm-hmm. values but Angie I'm telling you like I've noticed so many folks you know myself included my grandparents same they've come from mm-hmm. nothing my own parents you know they left India uh, in search for better opportunities so they had nothing when they moved to Dubai and uh, the, the values that they instilled in us at, at a very young age it's just so profound because they always thought about others they always put mm-hmm. others first despite you know that they, they themselves struggling so my I, my grandmother is the same both my grandmothers actually um you know even if they had uh, a big family to take care of they would always take care of you know the house help that would come in uh, uh-huh. provide food for them make sure that everything they and they would always say that they're a family too they're also human beings mm-hmm. we need to make sure you know that their tummies are fed so that then they can help us so you know nobody was treated differently and you know everyone was treated the same and the fact that we wanted Amazing. to always help somebody else that's that i think that's a beautiful quality in the asian culture um and you can see that in ascend canada it's 100% mm-hmm. volunteer run and you know you'd wonder like oh wow like you know how many volunteers do you have hundreds of volunteers who are helping wow. in so many different streams and i truly think that i will attribute it to my culture you know like yeah sure the values and uh, those small small things that they instilled in us they go a long way and um, i'm so i'm so happy that you know you shared that experience with us because coming from a leader like you it it tells everybody else that oh you know what don't be shy like even as a leader you can mm-hmm. you can put your values for, you know at the forefront and uh, it, nothing's it, it it it's not demeaning to be a store manager or, you know if you're a finance director no i feel like I feel like that was the biggest takeaway i got from your uh, story on linkedin and it, it just really got me hooked uh, but i like how was your experience or how is your experience you're still working on the front lines um but it was tough right because it's not a regular store manager duty that you're doing um this is in tough times so it's tricky you know there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of negativity and you know skepticism out there but how has been your experience so far <laughs> so first of all like you know i i don't uh, i don't manage the store obviously there is a at, at a no frills there's a franchisee who's doing the day to day and i'm really there to fill any gaps that the store needs me to do whether it's you know being a door ambassador you know how you see a big line up in front of the store and then you yes. you have somebody tra- controlling the traffic whether it's that job or whether i'm sanitizing the car oh, or whether i'm painful, working the right? shelf the, the one controlling the traffic i feel like they have the oh, worst my. jobs because everyone's in a rush to get in and they're like nope the police <laughs> I know, cannot seriously. get in <laughs> seriously I'm the bad cop now but um, oh boy <laughs> you know that's how was my experience and you know I <laughs> I hesitate answering that because um you know I'm, I'm just getting out of the habit to automatically just say you know I'm fine it's fine when somebody mm-hmm. asks me how are you doing right because mm-hmm. I want to be authentic with sharing my truth sharing my journey and you know my truth is my experience is definitely much better now but i'll be honest um that these last 3 months especially in the early days um were probably the most difficult times i've experienced in my professional life both physically and mentally wow and 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 it wasn't all covid-19 or frontline related if you if you can imagine and i laughed in the previous uh, question that you asked that oh you know it must have been easy for you because you've been a store manager um <laughs> because no uh, that that was actually a double edged sword for me mm-hmm. um because a lot of the trouble that i face also had to do with my mindset and my own ability to adapt to changes and mm-hmm. these times you know were were nothing but changes right and yeah. um you know because i've been a store manager before 
I did feel a little arrogant when I started to volunteer. I thought, you know, I had all the skills and experiences I needed to, you know, just be awesome in the front line. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I could handle anything that came in my way. But <laughs> boy, was I wrong. <laughs> um, I think it's really sort of my own rigidity and thoughts and unwillingness to see the ways where and how I can improve that really hurt me. And also coming from corporate environment in the office, and you've you probably experienced the same way. You know, yeah, I was going to ask you. I was going to yeah. say, that, was it because you're so used to, you know, a very corporate environment where everyone, you know, works like a robot almost, <laughs> and now all of a sudden you're interacting with humans who have a lot of emotions, <laughs> you know, they, and they don't keep it in check. Yeah, no, you know, I, I hopefully, hopefully it's not robotic and it's, it's genuine, authentic, but you're, you're right. Everybody you meet in the office, there's zero tolerance for any negativity, right? Exactly. Everybody you meet. So yeah, you know, and by it's robots, so nice. I mean, like we, there's a certain decorum that we maintain. Sure, you know, we're absolutely. professional, but and when you're out on the streets, you know, there's, there's no expectation. We're literally the wild, out in the wild world. West. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you, you're absolutely right to facing the real world, facing the mm -hmm. real customers. And, you know, don't get me wrong, we have so many great customers who are kind and supportive. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the reality is there, there can be some who can be abusive and cruel, too. And, you know, you can imagine how it just put my whole life in a whirlwind. Yeah. But honestly, I, I couldn't be more thankful for the support that I received from so many people across the enterprise. And, you know, my frontline team here that I've been working day and night alongside with for the last three months, mm -hmm. they continue to keep me grounded, keep me strong, keep me courageous and reminded me to be kind. So, you know, long story short, this was an, it, it still is an extremely valuable experience for me. And I, I do not regret a thing. You know, the team, it, it makes or breaks you, you know, and when you have an amazing Absolutely. team, they're all working towards the same purpose. That's uh, that's awesome that you have such a nice team. And I know it must have, you must have had ups and downs. And, you know, mm -hmm. I, I do want to have like a really serious like discussion on this because, mm -hmm. you know, the, the world out today and we're, we're in, you know, a couple of days, it's just been so sad. Just, you know, I all know. the news in the US over here, the xenophobia, it's just heart-wrenching you know mm -hmm. I just feel so I'm like oh my god really like I thought we'd gone miles ahead but it's almost like mm -hmm. we've gone backwards in uh, progress um, but I, I don't know if you feel open to sharing but I'd love to know and you know I'm sure the listeners too would love to know if you had any experiences um, that were a little hard-hitting and in your face and that really made you vulnerable but the takeaways I think would be profound to the folks listening you know, honestly, Haritha, I was I was expecting this question as part of okay. um, this this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I'll be honest with you, I, I thought I would have my answers ready and lined up for this. Um, mm -hmm. But you're you're absolutely right. In the recent events that uncovered just so much pain and injustice for the Black community, yeah, I'm I'm still processing my own feelings around. Oh my God, I'm getting emotional talking about it too. But um, I thought. You know, I thought I had it tough, right? And mm -hmm. and talk about all the times where I was mistreated and abused because of my Asian descent. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in the in the last twelve weeks, I've been I've been sped on. I've been told back told to go back to China, even though I'm Korean, right? Get get your Asian straight. <laughs> and and you know, was was ridiculed for having a little bit of accent that didn't sound Canadian. Um, 
but recently, actually, our CEO of TNT Supermarket, which is a subsidiary of Loblo Companies as well, um, her name is Tina Lee. She's she says. Oh, Tina that, was um, Tina was BSN Canada Exec of the Year in Oh my God! Right on. Yeah, so you yeah. may be familiar, but she said something. Um, she shared something with the company that really um, struck a chord with me, and that's you know, how we should extend our patience and not to mistake fear for racism. And, you know, initially that was going to be my take on this. Um, let's be patient as people get through this time and let's not mistake fear for racism. But mm-hmm. honestly, Aretha, I, I don't know. I don't think we can afford this so-called patience anymore because, you know, yeah, more I think it's time to act, right? Hurt, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Like just because of the color of the skin, it's so unfair. Mm-hmm. And I think we need decisive action now. Because at the end of the day, there's only one race in the world, and that's a human race. Absolutely. And um, um, sorry, go ahead. I'm, I'm, no, no, no. I, I, I just, I, you know, my heart goes out to you, Angie, because you know I've been there. You know, it's uh, having lived in different countries. I lived in the UK, and you'd think that because the UK once, you know, uh, held uh, hold of India, I would face a lot of racism there. But I didn't face racism much in the UK. But in the US, which I thought was the most one of the most welcoming countries, um, as an auditor with EY, I, w- I faced so much racism for you know the, the way I looked, the way I talked, um, and it. I, I feel you. Like I am, mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're going through. Uh, I am so sorry, and I, I mean, I wish I could give you a virtual hug, uh, really. But no, <laughs> you're not. You're not alone. You know, you have an entire community, and the entire, um, the entire Pan Asian and uh, um, Black communities. Everybody out there who is a person of color, uh, we we all need to come together at this point in time. Uh, no, we absolutely. have to stay strong. No, you're you're absolutely right. Because enough is enough, right? So I, yeah. I I couldn't agree more with you. It's really up to all of us. And you're right. If you haven't been a victim of racism, like wow, like you're actually one of the privileged few. But I I'm, know. I'm, I'm certain. I'm I'm certain that all of us have seen racism in action. In and if one, you yeah. Exactly. But if you decide to be silent when you you witness racism happening in front of you, then we are part of the problem, too. Right. Agreed. You know, just how Agreed. just like how we we're saying that there are no good cops until the good cops start holding bad cops accountable. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. the same. I think we are all accountable to eradicate racism once and for all. And 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 also not not just like xenophobia or racism or bigotry, but discrimination of any kind right like yes. hard to believe we're in june now but it's a pride month and i know <laughs> right we, we have to celebrate kindness and love because it really has no boundaries yep uh i mean all colors of the rainbow right uh, i think that's Absolutely. that's what we need to promote um but you know what I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned what tina had to say because fear is an important concept to understand mm-hmm. because a lot of folks out there are, are are saying, oh, you know, our communities are being, you know, targeted and people have faced racism, right? And, you know, especially with COVID, they're like, go back to where you belong, go back to your country. Oh, these are Terrible. these are words that you don't want to hear because you think, oh my God, Canada is home for me. I was mm-hmm. born and raised here. You know, I'm as much as, I'm as much Canadian as you are. Um, mm-hmm. And then when you hear things like this, but Giving it that thought that, oh, maybe they're afraid, maybe fear is causing them to, it gives you a little bit of perspective. But to your point, you know, I think uh, it's becoming more obvious that we still have such a long way to go for true mm-hmm. inclusion. Um, but you know what? I, I, I want to move on to a happier note. I, I've yeah, seen ooh, a lot a of the bad side. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and I'm so sorry to put you in that position. Uh, oh my but, God, no, no, no. I'm happy to share. Thank you for asking. Okay, I'm, I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Um, well, 
with every great cloud, you, there is always a silver lining. So I'm Absolutely. sure you did see some positive actions and thoughts over these few months. Uh, is that something, uh, you know, you can shed some light on? Oh, yeah. And, and I love that question because it's such a great segue from our last difficult conversation mm -hmm. because, you know, there is one best practice that has not only gotten me and my team and all of us through the last three months, but mm -hmm. I know it will continue to get us through anything and everything that may come in our way going forward. And, you know, to be fair, we didn't invent this practice, but it's something that we all have in us already. And guess what? It doesn't cost us anything either. So the best mm -hmm. practice I've witnessed that made the most amount of difference to myself and my team and everyone around me is really kindness. Assuming, you know, good intention, having mm -hmm. each other's back and practicing gratitude, um, like how you have, Haritha, when you go to the grocery store, even if it's going out of your way to recognize somebody, that's really helped. That's that's really what helped my frontline teams together in the last three months through mm -hmm. all the fear and exhaustions we face daily, right? And as we talked about just now, abuse, cruelty, and hatred, you know, unfortunately exists. But mm -hmm. for every one of those interactions, there have been a hundred more acts of kindness shared back with us. And in fact, um, I'd love to share this um, story because it, it actually happened just a couple of days ago where we had a customer, her name is Jane, who gave us $50 in cash just so then we can treat our team to a pizza party. <laughs> That's amazing. And I, and I, I love how you know your customer's that. name. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's your name? You were so amazing. <laughs> oh, so that's anyway. so nice. And yeah. you know what? I didn't know you could do that. Like I, I, I've been, I would love to do that. I'd like to, I, I'd love to have you throw a pizza party for my local Longos and Lobla folks. Um, I know, it's so amazing. That's and, you awesome. know, some, some of you may think like, oh, it's just pizza. But, you know, when was the last time you donated, you know, $50 to something or bought a lunch for a stranger because all you wanted to say was thank you, right? So it's beautiful. No, you know, that's, everything that's you so do great. in kindness is it Did you guys a have a good difference. pizza party? Oh, you know it, girl. It was awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but you know, Love honestly, it. for those of you who are listening, who take time to acknowledge the work you do, like you do, Haritha, thank you so much because you are the reason why we feel so proud to be serving through these times. Oh, don't, Angie. You know, you. so it's it's really interesting. You know, we ordered through the Loblaw, um, the online shopping, and my oh, partner, yeah. he actually went to go pick it up, right? So he did the uh, a PC Express uh, pickup, and a rep came out to, you know, load our car, and I wasn't there, but my partner, he said, he came back and he said, you know what? I feel so guilty because the rep who's loading my car, he's like probably 10 years younger than me, and oh. I'm going and ordering stuff online. He's like, no, you know what? I'm going to go into the store and, you know, get grocery, and we're actually now doing grocery shopping for some of the seniors in our community as well um because that's amazing we, it was just so heart-wrenching he's like he, he came back and he said no way i'm not doing this i felt so guilty sitting inside <laughs> oh, no. the car You're as happy. if i'm a person of privilege but you know what um i think those those are the aha moments you know that this COVID has taught us um uh, right. it's really tapping into our innermost emotions like humility empathy and you know the word kindness um mm -hmm. so bang on but uh you know what, we're two, a couple of months down and it's almost become business as usual for us living in this sort of pandemic world. Mm -hmm. uh, but from your perspective, what do you think the near future looks like? Um, truthfully, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what the near future looks like. And I, I think that's okay though, right? Um, because, you know, the coronavirus... Is it? Because it, it kind of gives me anxiety. So it's nice <laughs> okay, to hear it from me, you. Let me explain. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, the coronavirus didn't come with 
an expiry date or anything like that. And um, have you seen um, Finding Nemo? Yeah, Dor- Dory says we just gotta keep on swimming, just right? Keep and swimming. That's, that's what we have to do. We just have to uphold our best in class practices to continue to keep everyone safe, fed, and mm-hmm. supplied with just as much diligence as day one, if not more and more every day, right? But I mean, there are a few things we do think about, and that is how will the world change when we have beat this virus once and for all, right? Will, mm-hmm. you know, will our customers prefer our PC Express platform like you and your partner enjoyed having somebody loaded into your back of your trunk? Oh, right? no, like I, don't. <laughs> no, 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 no. But it's a service that we want to evolve too, right? Like do, right. would our customer prefer that? Will you look for less points of contact? You know, can we still build trust mm-hmm. and confidence with every single service we offer, right? So I think these are some of the important questions that we all need to think about and, you know, really listen to our customers so we can continue to best serve you um, your, and address your needs today, tomorrow, and, and going forward. Yeah, that's a valid point. You know, evolving and understanding what, yeah, maybe regular grocery shopping is not going to be the norm anymore, right? So we need to adapt yeah. to that. Uh, knows, but you know right? what? I think the biggest question of all going forward is going to be, uh, you know, will the demand for yeast and bread flour ever go down? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I think we've gotten over the worst for toilet papers. <laughs> yeah. Now, now we have toilet paper, but oh my God, I'm not, I'm still unable to find yeast. So it's crazy. I know. I know. <laughs> Come to Matt's No Frills. We got a box there. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Awesome. <laughs> well, folks, don't go lining up because <laughs> Angie right. only has one box for me. <laughs> uh, well, but um I, I also wanted to touch upon, um, you know, bringing our whole selves to work in this virtual environment. Um, you are at the storefront, so, you know, you still got people in traction, but a lot of us were sitting at home. You know, I'm sitting, I'm just facing a wall all day. I'm looking at my partner's face <laughs> day in, day out. Um, but how do, how do we bring our authentic selves to work in this virtual environment? Because no more coffee chats, uh, no more Starbucks mm-hmm. runs, no more Timmy's runs. So what exactly does the concept of bringing your whole self to work mean today? I mean, I love that question, right? Because you're asking, how do we bring our whole authentic self to work instead of just being there? And yeah. I totally get it too, because right now I'm actually splitting my time. I'm at the store Monday to Saturday, but also I do have my daytime job. Thank God for my amazing team who's taking on over and above tasks to allow for my time volunteering at the store. But I still still do have to touch base with them and host, host regular meetings just to make sure that the business must go on, right? So yeah. I'm having to balance. I'm in a unique situation where I'm balancing both. I'm at the front line, but I'm also doing the office job virtually. Ooh, wow. So 100% um, get and empathize the, the challenges we have now that everything is virtual, right? So... I actually have a few tips I practice my, with my team daily, and they all happen to start with a letter S. It's set, show up, and share. And I'll, I'll elaborate a little mm-hmm. bit more. So set is for setting time, boundaries, and expectations. You know, s- since we started working virtually, I actually catch my team working around the clock. Like I'll, I'll have emails from them from six in the morning to 10 at night over the weekend. Guilty as charged. (laughs) Oh my goodness, Harita, right? Just working virtually doesn't mean that you have to be available all the time, nor is that the expectation, right? Mm -hmm. So really set the time you are dedicated to work and protect the time that you have for you and your family, because I think that time is more important now than ever. So don't be apologetic, set time. And the second S is for showing up. 
and it's actually exactly what it sounds like. For the time you set to work, you, <laughs> you actually have to show up with your best energy and commitment. And, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not talking about lock your kids up and abandon them while they cry for you because you're committed to work, right? Of course, <laughs> <laughs> of course, be flexible, right? And be forgiving to yourself and others when unexpected interruptions happen. Yeah. But for those golden hours when you are able to commit, commit, right? Dress up, turn on your camera, engage when the meetings happen. You know, don't be checking your Instagram or like be streaming Tiger King on yep. Netflix on the side, right? I, I've, I've started turning on my camera for every meeting now because I, I'm Good holding myself you. accountable. Um, I'm not dressing up though. Let's just get that out there. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> you're beautiful anyway. <laughs> oh no, but, but you know, no, it's like, you're right. even though I'm in my pajamas, I'm like, you know what, this is me, but you know, you can see me in my true element, but you're right. Turning on the camera, I'm encouraging my team as well to do that because mm -hmm. it just holds you accountable and you know, it, it adds a bit of that interperson uh, connection, right? That Doesn't we, it? we don't have now. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And you know what? We can tell when you're not fully present, even if you don't have camera on, right? Oh, yeah. So just remember the same meeting etiquette we had in person. It, it mm -hmm. still carries virtually. And the way, like, if you were to show up and truly commit, then you, you just feel more engaged and valued for both yourself and your time as well, right? So yep, do show absolutely. up when you can commit. And the last um, S is for share, which is... Um, I'll be honest, it's it's difficult for many of us. And I'll admit I'll I'll admit that I'm I'm not so great at it either, but I'm I'm getting better, right? Thanks to my team. You know, my team is super nosy when they ask me, you know, how are you, Angie? And I said, I'm I'm fine. They're like, no, look, really, how are you? Right? They'll ask me <laughs> ten times. <laughs> so until, until you spill the beans. <laughs> exactly, right? Because there's always something that's not just fine, right? And my team really engages me in, in that open conversation. So so much to learn from them. Mm -hmm. Um but you're, you're, you're right. Like, just don't say I'm good in your autopilot mode. If, if you're not, share the good and the bad, the opportunities you see, the difficulties you face, the happy times, the pain points, share them. Don't yeah, them up. I love that. I love that. Transparency is key because, you know, when you when you go physically to work, they can see it on your face. Your teammates Absolutely. know if you're feeling sick or, you know, you're not doing well, you're feeling mm -hmm. dull and you take a day off, you know, or you leave home early. Um, but then now you're behind the screen, you're on the call. They don't know what you're going through. You might be. Exactly. So, so my mom, like, you know, recently I had an experience where my mom's uh, neighbor got diagnosed positive and my oh, mom's yeah. sitting with my elderly grandparents in India they're 90 plus and I was freaking out I was just so devastated right because I'm like oh my god you know how like I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna be able to travel and I oh, was my. so such an emotional wreck and I just told my team I was like you know guys I am really going through an emotional time right now mm -hmm. um, and my team was so supportive uh, but if I Absolutely. hadn't told them that I would not be performing at work I would be you know slacking I, would, I wouldn't put my 100% uh, now that I've you know shared that with my team my team constantly checks in hey how's your mom doing and I love mm -hmm. that I'm like oh my god my team is amazing you know absolutely absolutely and, and thank you for that because you're absolutely right like there's all you'd be surprised how many people care and no it doesn't make you look weak if you share it mm -hmm. um, I think it builds that authentic connection we're looking for and trust me we're all going through more or less the same trouble right yeah so like you said you know I think you said it the best Rita like showing up with our authentic whole self is really only possible when there's a level of trust and confidence that we have within each other. So, you know, why, why don't we just give each other a chance so then we can be our best selves and our whole selves um, with or without these virtual settings? 
I love it. Oh my God. So Andy, thank you. I think you're on to something and you know, I personally think this is going to go viral very soon. The whole concept <laughs> of set, show up, and share. I love it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to promote that within my team. Set, show up, and share. That's it. Like, it's going to be a new rap song. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I've gotten all-time inspiration high just listening to you, and I'm sure so are the listeners. Um, thank you so much for your time and a huge huge shout out and thank you to the entire frontline families that are working out there uh, we're truly grateful for everything that you all do for us um angie any any parting words you know before we wrap up the session no just really just to echo your gratitude harita and you know your whole community of ascend canada i just really can't thank you enough for giving me this forum to share and have this honest courageous and vulnerable conversation Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it's you. Our privilege, our privilege, and uh, super excited to release this podcast and get everyone to listen to your amazing stories. Uh, so, folks, make sure you set, show up, and share in the days to come. Until then, stay safe and stay tuned. <laughs>